The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began looking at the responsibilities of children within the context of the family. We saw that children, particularly younger children who are still living at home, have a duty to obey their parents in all things. Today, we turn to the requirement of honoring our parents. All children, not just younger ones, all children have a duty throughout their lives to honor their parents. We will see today what it means to honor our parents and learn once again that it's not about the parents, it's not about the children, but it's about honoring God by following the pattern that he has set for our lives. I hope you'll stay tuned for the message today, but first we have a song selection that we hope you'll enjoy.
But I said earlier, and it's true, that there's a little bit of a difference in how older children and their parents interact. And I believe that brings us to that next commandment that God has given to children, which is that children are commanded to honor their parents, to honor them. The word honor means to give great weight to, to give great weight to them. And here is where we begin to come to the applications that, that I believe uh, survive even past childhood. The commandment to honor our parents goes beyond the confines of the childhood years and applies even to adult children. As I said, the relationship evolves as a child grows older. You can't tell a 30-year-old child what to do. You can't be uh, in there in their lives, a 30-year-old married son or daughter, and say, here's, you know, go in there like, a, like a, a commander and command them things to do and expect them to obey because they've got their own family now. But this idea of honoring our parents, it goes on beyond childhood. Now, there's no, there's no set time. There's no particular time. I can't give you a cutoff. Is it age 18 or 19? Under the law, once you turn 19, you're considered an adult in every way. But I know many 19-year-olds that, that don't act very adult. <laughs> I, know, I know many 15-year-olds um, uh, that are more mature than some 25-year-olds. So it's all a little different with each child. But notice that even Abraham, if you go back to the 18th chapter of Genesis over there, we're told that God came to Abraham in the form of three persons as he was about to go down and destroy Sodom. And he said, uh, as Abraham was uh, communing with him there, uh, they looked at one another and they said, shall we hide from Abraham the thing that we're going to do? Because we know Abraham that he's going to command his household after him and they're going to be obedient. Now, Abraham was dealing, he had, a, he had a, many adults in his, in his home there at that point. He had children still there too, but, uh, but he, was, he, was a, uh, he was in charge of his family. He was leading them, and he, they knew that they would obey and listen to him, and they would honor him. We're going to see if you come to our, I don't know about if it'll be tonight, but at some point we're going to deal in our study in the book of Hebrews with Abraham and Isaac. And what we're going to learn is that Isaac was not a little bitty boy. Isaac was probably about a 25 or 30-year-old man. And he was still honoring his father. Willingly submitted himself to the sacrifice that they both thought was going to occur there on Mount Moriah. So, let's look at this idea of honoring. You know, you get to the point in your relationship with your parents, children where obedience is no longer strictly required, but honoring them continues all of your life. Now, remember, honoring is different than obeying. It's different. To honor, as I said, means to be heavy. It means to be weighty. To, uh, in this sense, it means to give great weight to them and to their opinions. So in this sense, honoring extends even beyond their deaths. It can extend even beyond their deaths. Uh, I, I'll just give you an example that would embarrass mother if she were here. But my grandfather, B.B. Uh, Springer, has been gone. He died in 1991. And there's rarely a week goes by that my mother, who was his daughter, doesn't mention him in some way and something that he said or something that he did. You know, it's the same way if you've lost parents. Your parents have died 
and they're no longer with you, you think of things they said, you think of things they've done, and you give honor to them, you see. That's, in, in this sense, honoring our parents can extend even beyond their deaths. And as I said earlier, with obey, obeying them, it has to do with attitudes as well as actions. We should respect them in thought and word and deed, and we should speak to them and about them with respect, uh, showing honor in both our attitudes and in our actions. You know, going back to the obedience idea, I heard the story about the little boy that uh, had, had acted up, and the mother said, you, you go sit down in the corner. And he sat there in the corner, and he turned around and looked at him with his arms crossed. He said, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> you ever been there, child, <laughs> as a child or as a, as, in other ways maybe? But that's the idea is we're not to be disrespectful. That shows a rebellious heart, and we're not to put them down. And we're to admit when we are wrong and they are right. As I said, honoring is different than obeying. It does not mean always obeying as we get older, okay? As I've gotten older, I don't always do everything my mother wants me to do, but I always show her honor even when, um, when I don't do exactly the things that she wants me to do. But I'm not ugly to her about it, uh, or I try not to be. <laughs> I'm not, I, I show love and respect, you see. And there may actually come a time when we are instructing them as they get older, but we can still honor them as we do so. We mentioned Brother Holly Dyer this, this morning already and the, the place he's at in life, and he needs the care and instruction in the past few weeks and months of his children. He's needed their instruction, and sometimes our parents get to that point. But see, here's the thing we do. We show them love and respect even when they are wrong. Even when they may not be correct, as they get older, we should respect them and love them. You know, and the way we do that is just like we do with anybody else. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 11 says, The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. I know that you and I both have had situations, if, if, our, if, if we have had elderly parents or currently have elderly parents, I know you've had a situation, as I have, where that parent has, not, has made me mad, has done something that angered me, okay? So should I just go lose it on them and, and, and curse them out and, and browbeat them? According to Scripture, what we're to do in every situation where there's anger, where someone has provoked us to anger, is, is use discretion. It says the discretion of a man deferreth his anger. And what I say sometimes is this, is just treat your parents, treat your siblings, treat your children in the same way you would treat somebody else in the church. Remember, we're church members, we're fellow church members. Now, we don't always get it right, I get that, and especially in the context of the family. Sometimes we let, we let down and we let ourselves go and we say and do things we shouldn't. But I'm saying to you, this is what the Bible says. This is why it's hard for me to preach it because I have not done this all the time, but I ought to and I'm going to strive to do so going forward. So when we're dealing with parents, elderly parents, older parents, when we're adults, we even when they're wrong, we show them love and respect because our parents are not perfect. But I want to let you in on a little secret. Neither are you. <laughs> Neither are you. We get it wrong sometimes. So, as we 
bring this down to a close. Why? What are the reasons that we should obey and honor our parents? Well, I've already hit upon one. If you recall, back in our text verse, Colossians 3 and verse 20, it says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. If you go back to Colossians, I'm sorry, Ephesians 6 and verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You see, it is right and pleasing to the Lord for us to be obedient and to honor our, our parents. It's not about you and I. It's about the Lord. It's not even about our parents. It's about the Lord. And as I said, these are commandments, not suggestions. If you go back to Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, these, the commandment to honor our parents is one of the big ten. <laughs> okay, It's right up there with the other nine. It's, it's important. Honor, uh, you're, you're to honor your parents. And it, so it must be important to the Lord if he included it in the Ten Commandments. We're told in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 3, Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. And I want you to notice the placement of where this, this that's verse 3. If you go back to verses 1 and 2, this is what it says. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. And then he says, Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. Look where he put it. He's saying, It's about my holiness. You're to be holy like I'm holy, and this is one of the first things you need to do. Immediately after the declaration of God's holiness, he tells them to honor and to, uh, to fear, not in a terrified way, but in an awesome, all-filled way, to fear your parents, you see, which is further evidence that the commandment to obey parents is really about obeying God and not about your parents. See, that's the highest motive for obedience, isn't it? What did Jesus say in John 14, 15? If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. One of his commandments is, is to obey. And, and listen, disobedience, disobedience displeases the Lord. He hates rebellion. You go back in 1 Samuel chapter 15 sometime and read about what, read about what the old king there did in not obeying God's commands uh, Samuel told him that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. God hates rebellion. To obey, he says, is better than sacrifice. Back in the Old Testament days, we've already seen rebellion against parents was punishable by death. He tells us in Leviticus 20 and verse 9, everyone that curseth his father and mother shall surely be put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. <laughs> Over in Proverbs 20 and verse 20, I like this one. It scares me. He says, Whoso curseth his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. I mean, that's some pretty strong language, isn't it? I don't want my lamp put out in obscure darkness. <laughs> I don't want my eye picked out and the ravens and the eagles eat it either, you see. And actually, over in Deuteronomy chapter 18, there's a courtroom process. For the rebe to deal with the rebellious, the rebellious child. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 18. Listen to this. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son 
which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And I want you to notice what happens next. They don't go to him and send him to a psychologist to see if he's been identified with the right gender. They don't go to a psychologist and see what his history is like and what his mental health situation is like. All the men of his city shall stone him with stones and so that he die. So shalt thou put away evil from among you and all Israel shall hear and fear. Now that's a harsh result. I understand that. But it's the end of a long line of rebellion and stubbornness there. And I'm not suggesting we go back to that under our current laws, but I'm telling you that because it shows you how God hates rebellion and the rebellious child. He says that disobedience displeases him, but obedience pleases the Lord. And something else, children, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but obedience pleases your parents. And I always wanted to please my parents. Proverbs 15 and verse 20 says, A wise son maketh a glad father. If you'll be wise, you know what the, you know what the beginning of wisdom is? The fear of the Lord. That's where the wisdom begins. Proverbs 19 and verse 26, He that wasteth his father and chaseth away his mother, it is a, it is, is a son that causeth shame and bringeth reproach. That word wasteth means to deal violently with your father. See, it's important. It's important to God, but it's important to your parents. Obedience pleases them. Here's something else to think about. Notice what it says here. Obedience prolongs your life. Obedience. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. And notice it says, verse 2, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long upon the earth. If you go back to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 16, it says basically the same thing. And the idea here is that if you'll listen to your parents, uh, you won't die an early death. You, you'll be, this, this will help you. You know, if your parents say, don't go out and get drunk and drive on the wrong side of the road and you do it anyway, you're liable to die at an early age. Whereas if you listen to them, then you are more likely to survive into adulthood. <laughs> See, obedience can prolong your life. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse uh, 10, Proverbs 4 and verse 10, listen to this. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. Isn't that something? He's saying, now listen, I understand that God knows when we're going to die, but that's no excuse for us to live like there's only a certain appointed time. There's many that teach, well, there's a certain time and there's no, let me tell you, God knows when that is, but you don't. You don't. And it's our job. It's, it's not our job to go along fatalistically and say, well, whenever it comes, it's going to hit me. You know, that means I hope, you know, that's, that's the absoluter's approach. The absolute, the believer in absolute predestination. You know, nobody that, nobody that says they believe in absolute predestination really believes that, Uncle Mackey. Because if they did, they wouldn't, they would never stop at a red light. They say, what is to be will be. I'm going to go right on through it. <laughs> they would never drive, worry about driving on the right side of the road. They might drive on the left side some and the right a while because it wouldn't matter because what is to be will be, you see. 
And what we're to do is we're to live our lives in a way that we, sh we hope to extend that. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 13 says, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. That's not talking about an eternal hell. That's talking about uh, the grave and hell and troubles here on this earth. You see, obedience prolongs your life. And obedience better prepares you for life. For life. Back over to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21 as he begins the discourse about family. Immediately before that he says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You see, if you will learn to obey, what you're learning is submission. And throughout the Bible, is the, runs the theme of authority and submission to that authority. You know, that's what we do every day, is it not? When we obey the rules, when we obey the laws, when we drive within the speed limit, when we uh, don't go out and rob banks, and we do that. See, respect for authority and respect for others is replete, taught throughout the Word of God. If you obey you will learn self-control, which is necessary to surviving long in this world. In Proverbs chapter 16, in verse 32, notice what it says here in Proverbs 16 and 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. He's telling us here that self-control is the gold standard in a world that's full of selfishness and self-focus. In Proverbs, chapter, just a few pages back in chapter uh, 14, verse 29, He that is slow to wrath, he that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. See, if you'll learn in the home, children, to be obedient when you're young and to honor your parents when you're older, you'll learn this self-control. Because you see, if you don't learn self-control, Proverbs chapter 20, uh, 25 and verse 28 tells us that he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. You know what a broken down city is? It's a vulnerable city. A city that has walls that are broken down means there's no protection. If you don't have a rule over your own spirit, and you know, we know people like that, don't we? We know people that are always flying off the handle, always getting angry at the drop of a hat. And, and, and what's the situation that they're facing? They're always having trouble. There's one place in the Proverbs that, says that uh, it tells us to make no friendship with an angry man, for if thou deliverest him, thou must do it again. In other words, he doesn't learn. He just keeps getting angry and flying off the handle, and there's all kinds of problems there. If you will learn obedience in the home, you will learn self-control, which is necessary to making it in a prosperous way in this sin-cursed world. And also, you'll learn to use a biblical approach to life. You'll learn to, you'll learn to use a biblical approach to life. Over in Ephesians, again, chapter 4. Let's just look at that for a moment. Chapter 4 and verse 31, okay? Are your... Are your parents unfair? Are they treating you unfairly, you think? 
Listen to verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Are your parents just doing things that you just think are wrong? Forgive them for it. Maybe they are wrong. Parents don't get it all right every time. Love them anyway. Forgive them as Christ. Remember that Christ forgave you of all the things you've done wrong. Remember that. Well, are, are, you're not entitled to become bitter against them. Are your parents doing things that are unkind maybe and you think are critical, putting you down, dealing with you in an unbiblical way? And over in 1 Peter chapter 2 and Verse 20, we read, For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow His steps. Ye should follow His steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in His mouth, who when He was reviled, Revile not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. If you feel like you're being treated wrong, child, submit to their authority anyway. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about being beaten and abused and that sort of thing. I prosecuted people like that when I was a, a, a prosecutor. But I'm talking about when it comes to the point where you feel like you're just not being treated right. Remember who ultimately wasn't treated right. The Lord Jesus Christ did nothing wrong. There was no, he did no sin. There was no guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he could have gone right back at him. He could have had the best comeback of all. When they reviled him, he could have said, but I'm the son of God. But he didn't say a word. He just suffered silently and he was committed to doing right. All of these things that we've talked about today are appropriate for all of us, certainly for the young children, but also for those of us that are older. We need to remember these things as we go forward. We're coming up, we're coming up on the point of seeing how parents ought to deal with children. And there's another one where, as I've said in the past, I may have to turn around and face backward because I'm so embarrassed about trying to preach what God says to do when I know I haven't always done it. But let's just see what the Lord has for us, and I believe if we'll follow His path, I know if we'll do what He says, that we will come out with a lot better outcome. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening.
May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. 